It's the HBCU Football Daily Podcast for today, Thursday, July 4th. It is the 4th of July. I'm Donald Ware. Glad to be with you. And uh, I tell you what, we've had a good week with these podcasts. And uh, I'm going to take you to Nashville, Tennessee, as a matter of fact. And momentarily, we're going to be joined by the head football coach of Tennessee State, Rod Reed. And uh, the Tigers opening up the season uh, in the Big John Merritt Classic which takes place uh, Labor Day weekend, and they are super excited about that. Mississippi Valley State comes to town. They've been doing this for quite some time with the John Merritt Classic, so they're super excited about that. Got a good HBCU schedule, Um, and they also play Middle Tennessee um, as well this year, which is an FBS opponent. So a great schedule before OVC play for the Tennessee State Tigers. Let's step aside, take a break, come back. The next voice you'll hear will be that of the head football coach of Tennessee State, Rod Reed. You're listening to the HBCU Football Daily Podcast on the Box to Row Sports Network. It's Donald Ware, host of From the Press Box to Press Row. The biggest names are guests on Box to Row. That is the voice of Kevin Durant. Oh, yeah, well, I'm just, you know, trying to get better every single day. You know, uh, we've been through a lot as a team. And I enjoy playing with a great group of guys. Hey, this is Ronda Rousey. This is Michael Vick. Hi, this is Layla Ali. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Skylar Diggins. Hey, it's Alex Morgan with the U.S. Women's Soccer Team. I'm talking about none other than Serena Williams. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you. That was definitely one of the better matches I've ever played. I've had it just like that. You know, I was really focused. Yeah, and I was really um, ready and serious. Just really, you know, excited. Missed any of these interviews? Then check us out online at www.boxtorow.com. That's from the press box to press row. Real, relevant radio. Boxtorow.com is the website for all of your HBCU sports needs. From the game of the week feature to interviews to the latest news in the world of HBCU sports. Boxtorow.com has you covered. Missed a week of From the Press Box to Press Row? Boxtorow.com has all the archive shows. Don't forget to check out the All-American teams and weekly media coaches polls. From the Press Box to Press Row. And Boxtorow.com, your HBCU sports leader. Welcome back to the HBCU Football Daily Podcast. As promised, Rod Reed, the head football coach at Tennessee State, joins us here on the program. What's going on, Coach Reed? I'm good, man. What about yourself? Doing great. Um, you know, I, I can't complain. It's about that time. We're less than two months away from the beginning of the season. Um, I, I want to start here. I want how is, to. How is Christian Abercrombie doing uh, at this point? I know obviously he had the serious injury um, last year, but follow you guys on Twitter, and he seems to be really improving. Yeah, Christian is doing well. Uh, I was looking on Twitter yesterday where he uh, gave a testimony in a church. He's a guest speaker there, and uh, he's doing uh, a lot of stuff in the community right now, you know, just kind of social awareness. Uh, about things of that nature. I saw him visiting a, another young fellow from the uh, Oakland Raiders that had the same kind of injury or something similar to what he had and is going through what he went through. So uh, Christian is, is, is really doing well, man. I'm really proud of his uh, the way he's attacked his rehab, and uh, we're excited about his recovery, and hopefully we'll get him back in school here pretty soon. Uh, that would be absolutely aw- awesome um, if that were to happen. So c- can you kind of take us through what happened with that injury? Well, I mean, it's something that, you know, you can look at the tape a thousand times and you'll never see uh, what really happened. He was having a heck of a game. That's all I can tell you. Uh, you know, he had six or seven tackles and uh, he just came off to the side 
and you know he said he had a headache and you know at that time when when kids do that in the game you know we go into uh, our trainers go into a concussion protocol and you know the headache persisted and as they were taking him into the locker room he kind of collapsed and you know the rest is what it is you know from that you know they it, fortunately we were at Vanderbilt fortunately our training staff is a excellent training staff we had a couple of neurologists on the sideline and they were pretty much able to diagnose what was happening by the symptoms that was shown on the field and they got the kid from you know the field to surgery uh in in lightning speed and uh you know that pretty much saved his life oh wow that that is i mean we're glad that you that you were in that situation and certainly that that happened uh you know you guys started off 2 and 0 last year finished 4 and 5 missed a couple of games i guess due to the weather so how much you know, from a player standpoint, those are young men. Those guys are anywhere between 18 to 22 years old within that range. Did his injury affect them last season? Man, I tell you what, uh, you know, people don't really understand. It was really tough on the team. I'm talking about, you know, for about a month straight, I'm running kids out of the hospital at 11 o'clock at night, you know, because they want to come up there and check on, on Christian and, uh, you know, be with the family. They're sitting and talking, and, you know, we're in the middle of the season. And, uh, you know, it's tough to tell kids, hey, you guys can't come see him because they got practice, they got study hall, and then they want to get over and, and see Christian and support his family. So it, it was tough, man, and, you know, just dealing with um, the unknown. You know, we had uh, a couple of neurologists come out and talk to the team about his injury and how it, it's really uncommon. But, you know, kids get a little shell shock, man, when you see stuff like that and don't really know what the cause is. But, you know, I thought our kids fought through it, and, and you know, Having, you know, that game, we started out against Bethune and uh, had a really good game there, and then we came back, and I think, uh, you know, Jackson State was canceled, Hampton was canceled, and then we go to EIU and pull that one out, uh, you know, late, and then Vanderbilt, you know, was a nail-biter there, and then the next week, Austin P. we lost maybe five or six starters in that game uh, for whatever that's worth. Uh, you know, we lost our starting quarterback, starting center, uh, Stephen Newbo was out four weeks after that. Chris Rowland, uh, LaQuarrie's Cook, our starting safety. So it was a tough sledding for a couple of weeks, so we're a little up and down. So uh, I think that the two weeks off where we didn't play a game with almost 20-something days, that really took a toll on the team. And then going back into the, the Vandy game, uh, it, it was tough. But, you know, our kids persevered. You know, we were beat up and battered at the end of the season, but we were able to pull off, uh, you know, last game of the season. We beat UT Martin with – five offensive linemen and third-string quarterback. So, uh, you know, our kids got a lot of fight. But the good thing about that is a lot of those guys that are injured are back full speed. You know, Demi Cross, that quarterback, Tom Burton, he had a torn ACL. That was our center. Uh, he'll be back 100%. Uh, New Bowl is 100% again. So we feel pretty good about the guys that we got coming back. We got a good senior-laden class, and I think uh, we're going to reap the benefits. No, I, I, no question. I mean, New Bowl, Chris Rowland, uh, you know, Michael Hughes, who played quarterback for you last year, he comes back. You got a, a bunch of guys coming back. Spring, t tell me about Spring. How how pleased or maybe not pleased were you with Spring? I mean, I was pretty pleased with the Spring. You know, we uh, Shannon Harris came in as our offensive coordinator uh, and did some stuff that, uh, you know, we've been trying to get accomplished. And I thought that, uh, you know, the kids uh, gravitated toward him really well in uh, the system uh, that, that he's installing. It's not – Two totally different than what we're doing, but there are a few uh, bells and whistles and a couple of twists uh, that we're doing in our offense that I think is going to really, really uh, enhance what we were doing in the past. And then, you know, defensively, we got a chance to look at some of those young guys like uh, 
Deshaun Bryant at linebacker, who's really stepped up in that Mike linebacker role. Terry Strader, uh, Nick Harper Jr. over there at corner. Uh, the Jordan Nesbitt, Ray Coggins, I think is going to be a really good football player for us at safety. And then our D-line, you know, we added a couple of transfers with Mike Boykins and Alan Daniels. I think Mike uh, is a big kid from Louisville that came in, and uh, Alan Daniels' kid from Purdue, three-technique kid that came in. So, uh, you know, beefed up our defensive line a little bit. We'll have a real solid rotation in there. So we feel pretty good about uh, what we got accomplished in the spring. Rod Reed, the head football coach at Tennessee State, joins us here on the HBCU Football Daily Podcast. All of these guys coming back, I mean, the the OVC. And it's – the OVC's always been tough, but it seems like really maybe, I don't know, last five to seven years it's just been off the charts tough. Jacksonville State has, has been really good. With the team that you have and the guys that are returning, where do you, you know how 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 do you feel like you'll be able to compete this year in the OVC? Like, do you feel like you'll be at the top? Do you feel like you can make another, you know, make it to the playoffs again? You know, uh, if healthy, I think we we'll, we'll be one of the better squads in the conference. Uh, you know, depth wise, last year we really banged up, like I said, and then you know we just you know when you play at this level and you're missing, you know, five or six starters for a majority of the season, uh, it's not going to bode well for you. But uh, I think when healthy, we're as good as anybody in our conference. And um, that's one of been, been one of our main focuses, adding some depth to our uh, offense and defensive lines and uh, trying to make sure that we can stay healthy up front. And I think if we can do that, uh, we can compete with anybody in this conference. You're an- another strong recruiting class. We talked about a lot of the guys that are coming back. I want to know about – uh, Jalen Goopton. He's a three-star kid, um, offensive lineman. You know, where does he fit into the mold in terms of being able to come in and help you right away this season? Well, I'm not sure. You know, uh, obviously when you get those offensive linemen in, uh, they don't have the strength that you would like them to have just coming straight in from high school most of the time, and that's what we're working on with him. But uh, he's an explosive kid. He's a long kid, got great feet. Uh, so uh, if he can maintain uh, his weight, because he lost a lot of weight. He was really up around 320. He's probably about 270 right now. Uh, we would like him about 280, 285. Uh, really want him about 300, but going into a freshman year, if we can get him up to about 285, we feel like he can contribute uh, immediately uh, just because of his explosiveness and his athletic ability. Uh, so and, and Gupton is a, a kid that was recruited by uh, some very, uh, you know, some power five schools uh, and uh a lot of uh, F- FBS schools, so uh, we're excited about having him. Yeah, no doubt. Louisville, Memphis, South Carolina amongst the schools are recruiting him. Who are some of the other guys maybe that you feel like could possibly step in and help you right away from that recruiting class? Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, Deshaun Davis, a kid out of Florida, uh, he's a receiver uh, that puts you in the mind of a new bowl a little bit. The kid is explosive. Uh, he's a big kid. He's probably about 5'11", 185 right now. Runs good routes, good hands. Uh, very, very, very elusive. Um, and, uh, you know, we really like and think that he can bring something to our offense. And uh, Deron Johnson, we call him Fat Cat, a kid out of Springfield, Tennessee. Uh, He's another kid that was, I think, a three-star kid um, that's really explosive. Uh, He's a slot outside guy. He can play in the backfield. Uh, You can use him anywhere. Uh, He's he's really good in the return game on offense, so uh, we think that uh, he's a good one. And Jimmy Nixon and – uh, Michael Brooks are two offensive linemen. Michael Brooks, he was on that state championship down there at uh, Cedar Grove in Atlanta, and uh, Jimmy Nixon was on, uh, I think, uh, Chaminade. They won the state championship down in uh, in the Miami area. 
and uh, those two guys on the offensive line, we think that can come in and give us some added depth immediately. Uh, so uh, we're excited about those guys. And, and uh, Trey Adams is a kid that uh, that came in. He, he signed with Georgia Southern originally, didn't go and set out a year. So we brought him in. He's from down there in Madison County, Florida. And then on the defensive side of the ball, uh, Teray Jones, uh, he was a kid that was, uh, I think he was dropped by Louisville late, uh, defensive tackle. Uh, he's really explosive. Um, um, you know, six two, you know, three hundred pound kid that we feel like uh, that can come in and, and that, that's body. He's a weightlifter, so he's body ready right now. And um, um, I'm trying to see at corner. We got a couple of young guys, David Dorsey, and uh, we got a young man out of Atlanta uh, that we feel really good about. So uh, it, it's shaping up to be a, a pretty good roster, and we just got to make sure that uh, you know we get these guys in early and often as possible to see if they'll be able to hold up an OVC play. Rod Reed, the head football coach at Tennessee State, joins us here on the HBCU Football Daily Podcast. A couple of more thoughts. I've always been fascinated by uh, by your recruiting. Like, even before you became the head coach, you were the recruiting coordinator, if my memory serves me correctly. Um, you know, at your alma mater, you, got, you get guys from Atlanta, you get a lot of guys from Florida, you recruit well, not only throughout Tennessee, but right there in Nashville um, as well. So, Kind of, which is is it? Is it Georgia, Florida, Tennessee? Is that ma- mainly your recruiting uh, base, if you will? Yeah, we try to stay. You know, southeast. We'll get out in Texas a little bit because you know we got some roots out there. Uh, we've gotten some good football players out of there, uh, out of the Texas area. But you know, Alabama, Georgia, Florida, uh, Tennessee. Uh, you know, we're getting into the St. Louis area a little bit more. You know, these bordering states around uh, uh, Tennessee. Uh, and it just makes for uh, um, economically it's good for us. And, uh, you know, the radius in which we can recruit guys and reach guys and reach families uh, is really important to us. So uh, we just try to do a good job in the spring of identifying talent and then, you know, uh, minimizing that in the fall to the the people that we have to uh, get out and see. And, uh, you know, we've been afforded opportunities to have good spring recruiting, good evaluations uh, in the spring. So in the fall, you know, we're not running all over the place uh, trying to find players. We already have pinpointed uh, who we're trying to get in here. And then lastly, again, the, the schedule, another tough one, open the season against Mississippi Valley State. You've always been able to do a really good job of playing HBCU schools and then also getting a payday this year as well. So talk about that, three HBCU schools on the schedule, also a payday. Um, and, I mean, it just continues to go on. You, you, you always want to be able to play, even though you're not in an HBCU conference, you always want to be able to play those HBCU schools as an HBCU. Absolutely. That's who we are. You know, that's our heritage, and uh, we don't want to uh, relinquish that to anybody. You know, it's kind of tough when you see that celebration bowl and you see the top two, you know, the SWAC and the MEAC playing, yep. and they're playing for the HBCU National Championship. It's, it's a little tough sitting at home looking at that sometimes. Uh, but, uh, you know, we are at HBCU. We, we, we love that, uh, we love that, that, uh, that heritage, man. And, uh, but we do play in a majority conference in the OVC, which is a great conference also. And it gives us kind of the best of both worlds and being able to step out, out of conference and, and, uh, you know, out of the HBCU realm and play a, a FBS school like Middle Tennessee, which is right down the road. It used to be a rivalry here back when they were, uh, uh FCS school. Uh, and OVC, uh, it, it really uh, adds some excitement to the season. And I think that, um, you know, uh, coach, uh, the coach over there does a really, really good job, Stockstill, 
uh, does a good job with that program. You know, they've been bowl eligible the last couple of years and played in some bowl games. So uh, we're really excited about having the opportunity to play. Lastly, has there been talk? I know I asked you about this last year in terms of maybe I'm not suggesting that you're trying to move conferences, but perhaps, you know, SWAC, MEAC, or what have you. But has there been conversation about the possibility of you all somehow being able to participate in the Celebration Bowl? I, I don't think so. I don't think, you know, where we are with our conference being in the uh, in Ohio Valley Conference, you know, we, we're subscribed to the playoff system there. Uh, and, and, you know, uh, it, it would be something that, that would <laughs> be kind of nice. But uh, where we are right now, uh, I, don't, I don't believe that there's been any talks. That's a little above my pay grade there. But, uh, you know, our job is to play the schedule that's set in front of us. And, uh, you know, being able to play a Mississippi Valley, Jackson State, and a Pine Bluff this year uh, will really uh, set the stage for where we're going to go uh, uh, as, a, as a team. Uh, those are going to be very, very good games. And, um, you know, to be able to say, you know, what if or what was, we, we just kind of judge it off of what those guys did against the teams that are going to be playing in that celebration bowl sometimes. Yeah. You know, we, we look at that that point. But it's great to be able to play, uh, um, you know, Jackson State in the Southern Hedge Classic, which is uh, a huge – I mean, that's that's we treat that like a bowl game. Fred Jones does a good job with that, and it's a bowl game atmosphere. It's 50,000, 60,000 people there. And, uh, you know, and Jackson State is perennially uh, at the top of that conference a lot, you know, down a couple of t- uh, years. But, uh, you know, they got a good staff over there. They just bought in a really good quarterback from what I understand. And uh, I think you'll see them back at the top of the swag this year also. Rod Reed, the head football coach at Tennessee State, joins us here on the HBCU Football Daily Podcast. Man, I really appreciate you taking some time to join us, especially on this July 4th. And uh, we look forward to talking to you uh, during the course of the season. All right, thanks, man. Go Big Blue. Rod Reed, the head football coach at Tennessee State, joining us here on the HBCU Football Daily Podcast. I've always said this, and I'll continue to say that you can't – the Celebration Bowl is great, and uh, you you can't have a true HBCU national champion without Tennessee State being in that conversation. I mean, we can still continue to vote as we've done for so many years, but to be able to play in a true – HBCU National Championship game, Tennessee State has to be part of that equation. And to Coach Reed's point, I mean, with the participation in the um, in the OVC, uh, which gets an automatic berth. Now, you look at the MEAC, you look at the SWAC, they're not automatic berths. However, you can still have a team that can uh, make the playoffs. We haven't seen it happen in the SWAC in so many years, but you've seen it or you saw it happen uh, in the MEAC with North Carolina A&T in 2016 getting the at-large berth to the national playoffs. So it's going to be a, a continued conversation, and we'll just have to see how things ultimately play out. Got to get ready to run here on the HBCU Football Daily Podcast. Don't forget, tomorrow we close out the week on Friday. As we're going to go to Columbia, South Carolina, talk with Allen, head football coach, Teddy Keaton. Talk with you, too.